Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hello friends. Here we are. Okay, I am on day 19 of lockdown. (laughs) We're probably all doing the same thing. I mean, we're all at home with our kids. Um, And for some of us, you know what? I think for most of us, actually, we're all facing this kind of new sort of internal battle with ourselves. Um, Maybe for some of us, we're facing a new level of mom guilt. Um, Let's be real. I mean, we all probably went into the situation with higher expectations, didn't we? Like many of us probably went into this uh, whole COVID-19 situation thinking, oh, perfect, I'll be home with my kids all day. And for some of us, you know, maybe our partners um, are home now with us. And so we're like, yeah, yeah, they can help. And I'll be able to work on teaching them to like new foods and try new recipes. And we're going to tackle picky eating, yada, yada, yada. And even me, like when this all started, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to bake so much with my boys. And FYI, I am not a baker, hence that's why it was something I thought I would work on during this time. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do homework with them every day and we're going to go outside and we're going to do some yoga and I'm going to have my house clean. Plus, I'm going to have all this time to work and get tasks done that I've never had the chance to do. Total fail. (laughs) And that's definitely not what's happening now. I even posted, um, I remember a week or so ago, a whole bunch of food exploration activities on my Instagram. And I was like, yeah, and I quote, now that we're all home with the kids, this is the perfect time to tackle picky eating and do some of those food exploration activities with the kids that we might have not had the chance to do before because now we have all this time. (laughs) Yeah, little did I know. But let me tell you that if you didn't get the chance to do any of those things that I thought I would do with my kids or at least not as frequently as you hoped, you were so not alone. This is a really hard time for all of us and our regular routines have been disrupted. And not only are we adjusting to a new normal of being home and having to entertain our kids all day um, and homeschool them and keep them off screens and feed them healthily and do all the other recommended things that we're told to do, maybe we're still having to actually work from home at the very same time. And then to top it all off, a lot of us are experiencing an anxiety around the whole coronavirus and all the unknowns. And we need to make sure that we have enough supplies and groceries to make it through a couple weeks at a time. We're like disinfecting things constantly. We're trying to stay informed with the news, but not staying too informed because we don't want to stress ourselves out. All while trying to keep things as normal as possible for our kids. Like, what? This is craziness. Anyway, today I am going to help you out with first off letting you know that it's totally okay. We're all doing our best and we need to cut ourselves a little bit of slack and recognize that we're doing a good job. I mean, we can't do all things at all times and it's okay to do what we can in one area for a few days and then maybe be a little bit lax about it on other days because what we need to do right now is we need to focus on the most important things that will have the biggest impact on helping our kids thrive. But maybe that changes a bit day to day. And we're all good at recognizing our kids' needs in the moments. So just doing that, I think, is what we need to focus on. 
and also being honest with ourselves as to what we can actually allocate from our mental capacity and our physical energy levels day to day. So um, just be kind to yourself, have goals for sure. And I think trying to keep moving forward um, and not kind of pausing our life completely is always going to be a good thing. But, you know, be easy on yourself and just recognize that this is a totally new type of normal that we're getting into now. Now, I'm also going to help you by giving you solutions to some of the most common feeding struggles that you all told me you're facing during this time. And I want to give you a few tips on how to navigate these situations. So maybe we're not focusing on the absolute healthiest meals every single day during this quarantine. But I'm going to show you a few things that when it comes to feeding kids will actually make it easier for you to tackle these struggles while you're working towards healthier eating habits and more adventurous eating down the road. So here we go. I'm going to talk about problem number one you've all told me you're experiencing, and that is the constant whining for snacks all day long. So every 20 minutes, your kids come up to you and say, I want a snack. I want a snack, even though they probably just had one. Or your baby is constantly trying to open up the cupboard to grab something to eat or standing outside of your fridge whining to get a snack. And a lot of you tell me how you're actually really confused as to why they're so hungry all of a sudden or are confused as to whether or not they're actually hungry at all, but you feel bad even if they're not. Like, I feel bad not giving it to them. But then also, it's constant and you're exhausted and you're running out of food. And maybe you even notice that they're only eating snacks and they're not even eating any meals and that is a problem to you. So I'm just going to be completely honest and tell it like it is. I mean, the biggest reason why this is probably happening right now, I can assure you at least for probably 90% of the situations out there, it's probably because they're bored and they just aren't feeling enough structure to their day. I mean, we're all out of sorts and you need to think about how their day is usually broken up and how this is a big transition for them as well as they sit at home all day, perhaps feeling a little bit less structure than usual. So what you want to do is you want to give them that structure by setting a feeding schedule. So this means that there is a time for breakfast, a mid-morning snack, lunch, a mid-afternoon snack, and supper, and maybe a bedtime snack. That's a podcast for another day though. Ideally, these feeding times though, they're consistent. So they don't need to be set in stone like to the minute every single day. But generally, let's say around 10 a.m., that's when snack time is. Or generally around 12.30 p.m., that's when lunchtime is. Or whatever the right schedule is for you and your kids. I mean, I can't give you a perfect schedule to follow, especially not over a podcast without knowing your specific situation. But generally, two to three hours between eating opportunities is what you want to go with. And then in between those, there's no eating. And it's not a punishment and it's certainly not going to make them starve, which a lot of parents actually think. Um, I mean, as long as you're offering meals and snacks at regular intervals, trust me, they will not starve within the two hours in between. But what it is going to do is it's going to prevent them from that feeling of, I'm bored, I want a snack, or oh, that looks good. Those goldfish crackers are my favorite. And then them wanting to go and eat despite them not actually having any hunger. So when we set more of a structure to their day, pretend like they were at daycare, right? And they have snack time and reading time and time outdoors and lunch time and nap time. And then they're following this predictable pattern that allows them to build up their appetite between eating opportunities and their day doesn't revolve around food. They know that, okay, there's another thing that we're going to be doing right now and their mind is just taken off of it. 
Now, I do know that with this pandemic and the million responsibilities that we have right now, trust me, there is no expectation that you need to be entertaining your baby or your toddler every minute of the day and ensuring that they never get bored. That's not what I'm trying to say because they will get bored sometimes and that's okay. But when we have firm rules around at least when it's time to eat and when it's not, they're going to come to learn maybe in a couple days that I can't just whine for a snack and use that to occupy me every two seconds and then not eat my meal because I'm full. It's also going to make it easier for you to be able to say it's not snack time right now and redirect them or let them know when it is snack time and just not give in all the time. Instead of thinking, oh, should I give them some? Like, could he really be hungry? I'm not really sure what to do because then you're not feeling confident around a schedule. But if you have one in place, then you know you're giving enough opportunity for them to eat while still teaching them mindfulness and you know they're not going to starve in between. All right, so now let's move into problem number two, which is not knowing what meals you can actually make with the random pantry items that you have at home or how to provide variety with them. Now, I just did a blog post this past week that's covering this topic, which I'm definitely going to link in the show notes for you um, because this was such a huge request. And I mean, we're so used to getting groceries multiple times a week. Like I run out and get produce a couple times when I need it or maybe extra eggs when I need it. And even though we probably still have a pantry full of shelf-stable food options that are perfectly fine to use, we're not really used to having to use these up. And so they sort of just continue to sit on the shelves for months and months. And so we don't have that much experience with what to actually make with these random ingredients. Or maybe we do have a recipe or we have some kind of idea, but it's just one and we really want to try and keep up with the variety during this pandemic. So let's just start by going through the most common and of course versatile protein options really quickly. And at least these are the ones I stock up on and they are beans, lentils, and chickpeas and also canned tuna, salmon, and sardines. Now these are the healthiest options that can be made into sandwich fillings or cracker toppings really easily. Um, I actually have a ton of recipes for soups and stews and chilies and curries, all of them using beans, lentils, and chickpeas in the blog post, as well as things like fish cakes using canned salmon, things like that. So again, check out the blog post for recipes. But I also want to say that during this time, what I recommend doing is relying on a lot of frozen veggies and fruits. Canned are great as well, and both are nutritionally equivalent, or at least they're very, very close to fresh produce. Um, But I personally prefer frozen just because it tastes better. That's just my opinion. Um, But I will say that frozen foods could actually end up being more nutritious, believe it or not, than fresh. And that's because their nutrients are locked in during the freezing process and they're usually picked at peak ripeness. So they've got their nutrients locked in when they're at the highest concentration. And then if you compare that to fresh produce, that actually has a lot of travel times getting from the farms to the grocery stores. And then they're likely sitting in the grocery stores for a few days before you buy them and then it might be another few days before you actually use them so if you think about that with all that time that passes the nutritional content might have deteriorated quite a bit so um, I think frozen is a really good option especially in these times but even in you know regular times when you don't have to rely on them they are still a really really good option 
Um, they're also cheaper and they require less prep time and they cook faster. So there you go. Frozen is amazing. Um, so this is the time to stock up on frozen veggies like green beans and peas and corn and mushrooms and even like frozen kale or frozen spinach. I love using those in smoothies or in cooked dishes and casseroles and pastas. Like they're really, really easy and they can just have them on hand without worrying that it's going to go bad. Now, one of my favorites to have on hand is frozen edamame beans, which you can just steam in the microwave even anytime in a jiffy. And because it's so protein and fiber rich, you can actually use that in the meal as the protein itself without having to add any additional beans or meat or anything like that. A lot of times we think of edamame beans as a vegetable, but remembering it is a bean, so it's going to be um, a complete protein option just like chickpeas or lentils would be. So definitely um, you know experiment with using those in different recipes and keep in mind that any of these frozen veggies don't have to be just eaten plain on the side of something like that's boring we need to find something a little bit more exciting like you can even roast frozen veggies for a better kind of more smoky taste and this is a great time to explore new ways of preparing some family favorite meals using frozen veggies instead of fresh um, and just exposing your child to even new methods of cooking favorite or accepted foods whatever they may be I've also got lots of ideas in the blog post uh, on how to freeze items that you maybe never realized could be bought in bulk and frozen so that it will last you until the next time you're able to get to the grocery store. So think things like eggs and hummus and tortillas and different breads, yogurt, butter, and of course bananas. Love me some frozen bananas for smoothies and stuff like that. Um, So just make sure you check out that blog post for lots of detail that's much better explained in written form than I can do in this podcast episode. Okay, so let's move on to problem number three that you've all told me you're experiencing during this pandemic, and that is the worry and the stress around the possibility that you could run out of your picky eater's safe foods. Okay, so when it comes to feeding picky eaters, I'm always saying that of course we want to meet them where they are. We can't expect them to eat every food we put in front of them, especially when they're anxious about even touching it. And it's just not fair when they're still learning. Plus, some picky eaters actually do have such limits with how many foods they accept that it is a scary thought to run out of the few foods that you know they'll accept. I had one message um, that a mom sent me that asked me, you know, will my toddler starve if he has no food options that he usually eats? And she was super stressed about this. Like this was definitely genuine concern. And I told her the answer to that is no in the majority of cases. Like maybe 95% of the cases, which I'll get to in a sec. Um, Because for normal piggy eaters, which most kids are, even though you think they'll never accept a food outside of their favorites, guess what? It's likely because they've never had to before. Like truly, truly never had to. Like before, maybe you were offering other foods, bargaining with them, trying to make it fun. But I know and you know that at the end of the day, they knew they would get their favorites or more accepted foods because we just wanted them to eat. And so they were never really put in a situation that gives us any proof that they would not eat at all and truly, truly starve if they had no other choice. Again, I promise that's like 90, 95% of them will not truly starve. It may be hard and they may hate it and they'll be vocal about it. And I'm going to give you tips around that in just a second, but they won't starve. Now, 
there will be some kids for whom not having their safe foods around will be much more difficult and severe. So think of those kids with allergies, with maybe medical dietary restrictions, and of course those with medically diagnosed feeding difficulties or extreme picky eating problems, which are also commonly seen amongst those who are autistic or who have developmental disorders. Now for those families in these situations, you get total permission to hoard food and stock up, okay? You guys are the ones that I'm like, yes, go for it. Take what you need off of those shelves. (laughs) And I mean it because those are much different situations. Um, So go ahead, find easy calorie rich options, even shakes and calorie fortified beverages and just make sure that you have what you need to truly provide food security to your family. Now, for the majority of families out there, if you do run out of your child's favorite food, and especially if they're just that regular run-of-the-mill, make you want to pull your hair out, but you're still a totally normal picky eater, you can reassure them that food's not gone forever and that you'll be able to get more on whatever day you'll be able to get to the grocery store again, or you know that they're going to be restocking things. The good thing is that we know that there's not going to be an actual food shortage. Um, At least, you know, in North America, we've been told, you know, the trucks are still running, borders are still open in terms of imports, and we're bringing in food, and retailers are just going to take a little extra time to restock and adjust to the new demands, but the food is still going to be coming in, and we're not going to be experiencing a real and true shortage of food. Um, so here is where you being calm and confident in the fact that they'll be able to have that food again makes a world of a difference. So I want you to have compassion for their feelings of disappointment. So you can say something like, I know you are really hoping to have more of that. And then you can follow it up with a clear and convincing confirmation that they will be able to get it again. So maybe then following it up by saying, we'll be able to get more of that on Saturday when our grocery order comes in. In the meantime, I have X, Y, and Z if you're hungry. Okay? So I hope that helps a little bit. And it's totally fine here to... Lower your expectations a little bit sometimes and help reduce their anxiety and yours by bending some of the rules maybe a little bit that you typically would implement every single day if you're finding that the situation is coming about where your child is truly, truly anxious about eating a food and you're really, truly worried about calorie consumption. So maybe you allow them to eat one meal a day in front of the TV if it means that that meal just has no safe foods available, but it's all that you have to offer them and you need to kind of ease their anxiety around it. Um, These times are going to pass and although it's going to be harder to get back into the groove of things once all this is over, if we go too lax with some of the rules, some situations require you to do what you have to do. Okay, so just know that we need to help them out. And please note, this doesn't mean pushing or forcing or pressuring them in any way. It just means finding some ways that you can reduce your anxiety and theirs, okay? Now, with all of this being said, this is where I go back to stressing the importance of keeping that meal and snack schedule, as well as you sticking firm to your role of choosing what foods to offer at meals and snacks and not letting your child dictate this. 
So if you have a meal and a snack schedule, you're not going to run the risk of running out of snacks because your child had unnecessary access to too many earlier in the week. Or even running out of safe foods, period, because your child decided that they wanted to eat their favorite food for breakfast and snack and lunch like three days in a row, and now there's none left as a safe food to offer as a side at dinner where maybe the dinner is a bit of a newer or unfamiliar food and a safe food was actually needed to provide some familiar options there. And I highly suggest that if you're worried about your toddler's eating behavior, to please look into my Feeding Toddlers online course because it has a ton of strategies and detailed instructions on how to handle food refusals and encourage them to branch out to new foods. This is a perfect time to dig into this material and implement it bit by bit, okay, and help your child if they're struggling. So just keep in mind that that's always there for you. And with that, let's wrap this baby up know that I'm always here to help. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to leave me a rating and a review, spread the word and share this episode with a friend who may need it. I am wishing you all the best week. Stay safe and talk to you soon.